This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by WordStream, online advertising made easy. Look, it is so easy to waste time and money with online advertising. That's why you need tools like WordStream. Check it out at wordstream.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Molly Fletcher. She is a former sports agent, keynote speaker, and author of a number of books, including her most recent, The Energy Clock, Three Simple Steps to Create a Life Full of Energy and Live Your Best Every Day. So Molly, welcome to the show. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me. So I got to ask you about this whole sports agent thing. Um, my good friend Patrick Mahomes just signed one of the largest, no, actually, I think the largest <laughs> contract uh, in sports history. He's not really my good friend, but I'm a Chiefs fan. Um, <laughs> so does that ever make you uh, kind of long for the sports agent days? Oh, well, you know, that, that's a diamond in the rough there with him, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of guys in the NFL that, that aren't making uh, what Patrick's making. So um, no, you know, I, John, I love that journey. It was 20 years of some incredible athletes and coaches and broadcasters, um, wonderful people like John Smoltz and Tom Izzo and Doc Rivers and good, good people who happen to do what they did, obviously, really, really well. And I loved every minute of it. But now I get to, you know, sort of lead and inspire and connect, which is sort of my personal mission statement. Um, you know, in different ways with books and speaking. And so it was a transition I made pretty organically about a decade ago. And I haven't looked back, although I'm still really good friends with a lot of the guys and gals that I worked with. Was there, was there some point, and of course, you know, having children may have been the point, but I mean, was there some point where you kind of said, I got to do something different? Well, you know, there was a couple moments, right? So I had a team of about nine agents. I had about 300 athletes and coaches and I had three kids in 12 months, which wow. is kind of hard to get your head around. But <laughs> so we had one and then 12 months later, we had twins. And so they were about six, six and seven. Yeah. And my phone rang all the time. And yeah, I had true. written one book and it had done pretty well. And so companies started saying, hey, well, can you come talk about your book. And then I wrote another one. And then they were like, hey, will you come and talk? And, and then I had some people that said, you should charge them. And I was like, no, I go get deals like that for my athletes. Why would I do that for myself? Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you, you're, 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 you need to get paid for these. And they said, quote, you know, X. And I did. And they paid. And I thought, wow. And, and then at the end, you felt like, um, you know, I became more clear on sort of what am I here to do? And I felt like, man, I can influence and use this platform that I've had as a sports agent to help people in a really unique way. I mean, that I had a front row seat to peak performance for two decades. And now I had an opportunity to share what I had seen, what I had watched the way athletes and coaches prepare and recover and deal with change and challenges and opportunities. And so I watched that firsthand and was right beside all of these clients and the message was resonating. And so once I started doing it, I really decided, you know what, I think this is actually more of my calling, if you will, than the agent space. And I think this is really what I'm here to do. And it's been, you know, I'm super grateful. It's been uh, an incredible opportunity to influence people through the metaphor of sports, you know, in lots of different ways, training, speaking books, all that. So uh, just a little side note here. I have um, twin brothers. Uh, that are 13 months older than me. So 
Oh man. So my mom lived through that, uh, yeah. that, that as well. Although well, she have a special place in heaven. <laughs> well, to get there well too. yeah, I have seven brothers and two sisters. So it's uh, <laughs> not just, so she had, she had uh, 10 children in 14 years. So pretty ridiculous. Wow. She <laughs> straight up beast. Yeah. Yeah. It killed her actually. <laughs> Just, oh, just, just a little mental note there. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, God bless her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think is, what do you think is the biggest um, experience that you brought from, you, you talked a little bit about it, but I wanted to know if you, if, if there's some aspect of that uh, job or that career that you had that you're able to transfer now to the, uh, you know, the, the corporate uh, employees and entrepreneurs that you work with. Well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, one is I, I I saw how the best athletes and coaches believed in what they did and why they did it. And, and the best ones had such a strong belief, such a clear purpose that it allowed them to recover from tough moments. And I think all of us in business and in life have tough moments, tough days, tough phone calls, tough meetings. But and 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 the best athletes in the world have tough outings or tough rounds or coaches make bad calls, but they recover fast because they believe so much in what they do and why they do it, that that belief suffocates sort of the fear and the setbacks and the road bumps and the speed bumps. So the belief, the purpose, you know, I, I saw with great athletes, a tremendous curiosity, right? They, they have an enormous amount of curiosity about how to get better. And in part, because, you know, John, they had to, I mean, Chipper Jones could see the guy in AAA and he could see his stats. He could see all of his stuff and he would know, man, that guy's closing in on me. Now Chipper was a stud, but all these guys it, it could see the, the, the guy in the rearview mirror that wanted their job. You know, in business, it's not that obvious. And so what I saw with great athletes is they every day they get up and they want to get better because they have no choice or they lose their job. And so that curiosity is tremendous. I think that, you know, the best athletes have a tremendous ability to control the controllables. They, they have the ability to drown out the noise, to control what they can control, and to manage their energy incredibly well. And, you know, I wrote a book called The Energy Clock because what I found with great athletes and coaches is they were very intentional and are very intentional about managing their energy almost more than their time. They look at time through the lens of energy and business people often default to the calendar and to time. And that was in part why I wrote that book and created sort of a system for people to allow energy to be the linchpin to performance, not time. You know, I learned about discipline and their ability to, to, to control the controllables and to recover fast. And, you know, and, and the best, you know, the one thing that I think is always interesting for business people to, to hear is that, you know, as business people, when we walk into a sales meeting or a sales call or the biggest pitch we've ever had or, you know, the toughest conversation we've ever had, we get a little nervous. And, and you know, that's OK, because what I the best athletes in the world, they get nervous when they step on the line with two seconds left to drain a free throw to win the, the game for their teammates. They get nervous when they step on the mound in game seven of a world, just like we do. But what they do is they practice leaning into fear and recovering and, and, and having some success. So, you know, the world 
And the world saw with my athletes and coaches all the big moments, right? The world sees, you know, the pot on, on Sunday to win the Masters. That's what the world saw, right? The world sees the, you know, the free throw to win the game. I saw the, the hundreds in, of practices, the hundreds of late nights, the hundreds of tough moments that created that one big moment. So to me, fearlessness is a byproduct of little moments, that, that have big outcomes. So I get kind of excited about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, so explain the concept of the, of uh, you were talking about, and uh, I said in the intro, your book, the energy clock, explain the uh, kind of the concept behind the clock metaphor. Well, it, it's, it's sort of a, as simple as the fact that business people use time as the linchpin, right? right they, they, right. they lean into their schedules to, you know, and, and what I saw great athletes do is they, their linchpin for performance was, was energy. And I thought, man, if business people could look at time through the lens of energy, like I saw athletes do, remove the noise, control the controllables, what would that look like? In other words, if they could get really clear on the things that give them energy, the things that sort of drain their energy, and then the things that are energy neutral, and then they could actually you know, sort of schedule the things that give them energy, try to minimize the things mm-hmm. that drain their energy and be as efficient as they can in the things that are sort of energy neutral. What could that look like? Could they show up better? Could they perform better? Could they be more intentional in, in regards to making sure that the where they're putting their energy aligns with their deepest values? So it's a system where it's cool. All over the world, we have people with green, which are the energizers in their life. They, they calendar those and schedule those in green. The reds are the things that drain them. Those are those are red and those are in their calendar as reds. And then the things that they could maybe delegate or be more efficient with are actually orange. And what we encourage people to do is to do what we call an energy audit. And they get clear on the greens, the reds, and the oranges. And then they actually go out 30 days in their calendar and schedule the greens, the reds, and the oranges. And they and it gives you a really powerful visual of, because here's the truth, right? If we have three to four reds every single day, day after day, month after month, that's not sustainable. That is, that is like a car going 90 with, with no steering control. <laughs> it will crash. Right. And so what, what it does is it creates a system that's really simple that allows people to be intentional about scheduling the things that lift them up. I encourage people to have one to two things a day yeah. that are the things that give them energy, be intentional about that schedule that protect that time. Yeah, because I think the things that that maybe are going to show up as reds or or worse, like you said, sometimes the oranges, which you probably don't even need to be doing. You know, those those things will suck your day away if you let them, won't they? Oh my so, gosh! 100%. So let me ask you about the red though, because sometimes there's like I know there's things that show up on my to do list uh, that that probably would be called reds, but they're important. They need to be done. I just don't like to do them. <laughs> so you know, how do you how do you kind of balance the fact that there's stuff we got to do? Yeah, for sure. And we all have stuff in our lives like that. You know, what what I try to do and what I try to teach people to do is number one, when you've got reds, try to load greens in front of it so that when you walk into the reds, you've gotten your workout in, you've gotten your quiet time in, you've gotten your meditation, you've gotten that in. So when you walk into the reds, you're walking into it with a full tank of gas, right? And then it allows you to make sure that that red doesn't take you to an empty tank of gas, but rather maybe you're half full and backload another green on behind it, right? So you want to be intentional about making sure that that those red moments don't leave you empty. 
And, and then I think you really do. I challenge people to pause and say, do they really need to be done by you? Yeah. Is it really something that only you can do? Because I think that we as leaders, it's incredibly important that we should do what only we can do. And then how can you give away the other things, delegate the other things so that you're spending time in your gifts in the greens oftentimes um, can, can be powerful and that's sustainable. And that to me allows you to make your biggest contribution, greatest contribution to the world and certainly to the people that, that you lead. Online advertising has become an essential part of the puzzle today, but it's tough. It's changing every day. It's hard. It's easy to waste time and money trying to figure out how to get it right. That's why you need some tools in your corner. I love a tool called WordStream. You can get consulting as well as a tool to, to, to shave tons of time off to have reporting done for you. If you're an agency, then you've got that problem times 10. You need these tools to help you manage. You need the tools that WordStream offers to help you attract even more clients. If you want to benchmark your Google Ads account right now, they've even got a free tool for that. And they've got a great growth academy that's free as well. Check it out at wordstream.com. Online advertising made easy. That sounds nice, doesn't it? So there's a lot going on right now. You and I are recording this in the middle of July in 2020. There's a lot going on right now that's draining people's energy. <laughs> what, are, what are you hearing from, you do a lot of training, uh, corporate training. What are you hearing from your uh, leaders, corporate folks that you train uh, uh, regarding this topic right now? Because I think a lot of people are struggling right now. Yeah, no, they are, John. And it, it's, it's heartbreaking and I want to help them. You know, it's funny that you ask, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm hearing things and I'm doing some stuff right now about it. And some of the stuff that I'm hearing are things like people are, you know, they're distracted, they're fighting fear, they're, they're feeling like there's a lot of noise in the world, they can't focus, they've got a lot of negativity, um, trying to motivate um, people inside of uncertainty, um, yeah. you know, staying motivated, just trying to stay motivated is it's so hard for people. So I'm hearing a lot of those things also. And, you know, there, there's, there's a way to lean into these challenges to overcome them and to not just survive this window of time, but thrive in this window of time. Yeah. I, I think I know a lot of uh, business owners, entrepreneurs that I've spoken with recently. Um, you know, some are, some are sticking their head in the sand. You know, that's that's one way to react to it. Mm -hmm. Others are saying, what's the opportunity here? How can we reimagine, re you know, kind of may maybe we were stuck in a rut. Maybe we were stuck in in OK mediocrity, you know, and now's like the time to shake that up. Um, so you so, so what how have you shifted your training then with with some of these folks who maybe don't really want to hear about sales techniques right now? <laughs> they want to yeah. they, they want to hear about mindset stuff. So what are you doing to to kind of address that? Yeah. So pre-COVID, right. We, uh, I mean, I was speaking 60 days a year on, you know, big stages mm -hmm. all over the, all over the world. And now I'm delivering a lot of keynotes virtually, certainly, but what we're also doing are, are what we're calling game changer leadership huddles where, um, people come together once a month on a different topic and it's live or they can lean into the recordings of it. And, and we're addressing topics that help people overcome and thrive in this window of time, not just survive. So, Delivering content to really meet our customers right where they are in, yeah. in, 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 the, in the realness of the challenges that exist right now. 
so that they can look back at the end of this and know that they're going to come out better, that they're going to use this as a stepping stone, not a roadblock. So explain the concept of the huddle. Um, I, I, obviously, it's great sports metaphor um, but uh, for, for you, but uh, how, do, how does a huddle work? Yeah, so it's an opportunity for people to, to step inside of less than an hour. and less than an hour, they can shift behavior around a really particular specific topic. So we're, yeah. we're talking about, you know, knowing your why, right? Getting clear on your purpose. You know, mindset reset, right? Navigating change and uncertainty. So, and you know, it's an opportunity for people to collaborate with others too. I mean, it, think of it as sort of virtual, but live. They can lean into the recordings, mm-hmm. coaching yeah. right? at scale with lots of different people. And, you know, we, we've, we've leaned into a lot of our customers now and said, what do you need? What, tell us what you need. And we've listened. We've really listened. And we're hearing a lot of the same stuff. And so we took all that and we took you know, my five books and my three or four keynote topics. And we rolled that all up into 12 different topics that meet people right where they are so that we can allow them to make a shift pretty quickly. And and then there's activities and lots of different resources to really make sure that we see the change, right? I think, you know, there's so much information right now, right? People are getting so much information, but information without change, so what? Right. We want information to create change. And that's what this is doing. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, more information is just an excuse to hide because uh, you can always go find more. Yeah. <laughs> you can always go find a, a new technique or a new book or, you know, whatever. So I, I completely agree. What are some of the topics that that, uh, uh, that somebody might find in one of these if they participated? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I mentioned three navigating change and uncertainty, the power of curiosity building raving fans, right? How to add value and over-deliver to your customers. You know, embracing difficult conversations we're finding with a lot of our customers, they're having to do that now, right? Renegotiating deals, re, you know, having to restructure employee agreements, all that's happening. You know, I think it's a time, the other topic is leading with empathy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a really tough time for people, not just professionally, but personally, really yeah. tough. And, you know, so really making sure as leaders that we're leading with empathy, um, you know, being present, we're hearing from our clients that they're so distracted and, and it's hard right now. And there's so much coming at them. They're trying to decide how to pivot, where to pivot to. They've got kids coming into their offices all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's tough, you know, Zoom fatigue, all this stuff. So we have a topic where I really teach people how to be present because when, when we're present, we can be more fearless. Right. And, and uh, that's a powerful thing. You know, one of the topics is around managing energy, right? Managing right. energy to me, you know, how to, how to avoid the energy drains that, that show up in our lives and focus on what matters most. I, I've, you know, as I said earlier, I mean, I watched energy be the linchpin to performance it, it, with athletes. It's the same with business leaders, the psychology of negotiation. We have a training program on negotiation. We've lifted up the best and sort of content inside of that program. And we're delivering content around the psychology of negotiation, which is really, really powerful because there is so much psychology inside of it. I negotiated about a half a billion dollars in contracts as a sports agent. And so I certainly found myself in the room having to navigate a lot of public multi-million dollar kind of once in a lifetime deals. And I had to figure out how to navigate that. Also, you know, by the way, often as the only woman in the room, 
And then Fearless at Work, which is a book that I wrote. And again, we've pulled out that to, to how to like defeat toxic thinking. And we're hearing a lot about that now and, and embrace these new challenges. You know, we can't keep waiting for things to change, yeah. right? We're not, you can't wait for things to change. And, and then the last one is high performing teams, right? How to, how to make sure as leaders that we're building high performing teams in the work that we do and the people that we lead. Well, it sounds to me, given um, where a lot of people are mentally, it's almost like this is uh, this is slash counseling <laughs> as well as 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 coaching. Um, and I think I think there is a lot of power in coming together as as a group, you know, because you know part of what people are feeling, even people that work in large organizations, I think, are feeling a sense of isolation right now. Especially, you know, a lot of you know, I've worked from home, so to speak, my entire life, I feel like, but a lot of people, this is a, a very, very new thing. And I think uh, uh, they're struggling with uh, with really all all elements of trying to balance this. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the goal, right? This is a safe environment. You know, it's been amazing that, you know, you hear and you talk to people and how are you doing? Oh, great, great. I'm good. Yeah. You know, we're but then when when we have done, by the way, these huddles, um, I've been delivering these to companies just you know, one-on-one -on -one with organizations, with hundreds of people in the organization. And then we said to ourselves, how can we do this at scale? How can we do this for more people, not just inside of, you know, a organization? And we've right. seen it take off inside of an organization. And the things that I hear is so different from what maybe people are portraying to the world and to the outside world. The struggle's real. Yeah. And, you know, my hope is, is our leadership puddles are going to help people, you know, thrive and, and look back in two years from now, one year from now and go, man, I, I navigated that window of time really well. And, and I served the people that mattered most to me in my life really well, despite the struggle. Yeah, I, I think more than anything else, uh, people that's what people are trying to do. And, and But there is a little ambiguity in what that means, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, we'll have this in the show notes, but tell people where they can find out more about you, your books, uh, anything you're doing around the huddles. Yeah, for sure. So mollyfletcher.com is really the easiest place to go. It's just mollyfletcher.com and you can navigate your way and uh, find your way to them uh, right from there. Awesome. Well, Molly, uh, it was a pleasure visiting with you today, and uh, hopefully we can uh, run into you someday when we both get out there, back out there on the road. Amen, John. Thanks for all the work that you do, too.